0: This is Total Retail Tech Insights, the content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, the editor in chief of Total Retail. I'm joined on today's episode by Mariam Asmar, the vice president of strategic consulting at Braze. Mariam and I are going to discuss kind of the social commerce uh, market and um, kind of how Braze can enable brands to better compete in that space and all of the great work that that organization is doing. So thanks for joining me today, Mariam.
1: Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here.
0: So I think for, I always like to start by just learning a little bit more about our guests and the organizations they work for. So If you could kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional background, Mariam, and then um, for those in the audience that might not be familiar with Braze, tell us about the company as well.
1: Yeah, perfect. Um, So my background is um, I actually come from the ad agency world, so I say I'm a recovering ad agency uh, worker. And I used to work for McCann Erickson, which is a big global um, advertising agency. They do a lot of work on L'Oreal and Coca Cola and Nestle. Um, I worked with them for a lot of my career in London, Paris, and New York. Really, always looking after global brands, um, thinking about social media and how that impacted, you know, the way brands had to show up and you know talk about their value prop to clients. Um, I came to. Braze, um, about a year and a half ago, um, Braze is a um, software platform that enables brands to communicate with their customers at scale across, you know, all owned channels. So SMS, in-app message, push notification, web. Um, And I've been here, you know, really trying to lead both the creative strategy practice, as well as I oversee the growth strategy practice for clients and business value um, as well.
0: So thanks for, for providing that context for the audience. So let's kind of jump into the conversation um, and talk about kind of the market as a whole, specifically the e-commerce space. Uh, you know, obviously at the at the height of the pandemic, you know, through the roof growth um, with e-commerce as, as stores were closed and people were spending more time at home and that growth has slowed, obviously, um, as we've kind of gotten back to a little bit of normal um Lifestyle with stores reopening. I'm interested to get your take on the state of the e commerce industry today and kind of the big picture for retailers and brands.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that really stuck with me when you listen to economists or anybody talk about what was happening during the pandemic, um, they would always kind of talk about the shift from, right, pre pandemic, it was all about experiences. And then during the pandemic, it was all about stuff. Right. And so I kind of think now with, you know, everything open and you've kind of got this recalibration of, you know, online and offline. Now what you're almost seeing really is the convergence of those two things. And we laugh about it. It's kind of like, you know, now it's experiences to sell stuff Um, and kind of as a whole. That's where I would say that we are. And, you know, one of the main ways I think this is shaping up, of course, is just the rise of social commerce and social shopping. Right. So TikTok, for example, was a platform that exploded. Um, during the pandemic, and if you know, you know, the famous hashtag TikTok made me buy it, right? It's this whole idea of being able to sort of get a live demo, see something, see, you know, a product or a piece of clothing in real time, you know, feel inspired in that moment and immediately um, click to buy. I think, right, you're, you're then seeing Instagram, obviously, trying to get up and compete with this, and everyone's kind of talking about kind of this click to buy social shopping, Um, And I think brands, right, you really they really need to think about this for two reasons. The first is just that, you know, the the growing amount of time that their targets, right, Gen Z and millennials are still spending on social. Right. And so that's something that if you want to sell to them, you kind of got to be where they are. Um, But on the flip side, I would say, because everyone has kind of gone direct to consumer at this point. Right. You sort of need curation more than ever before right we're very overwhelmed with choice and there's a million different brands and so the more that you could really as a brand curate you know a look or a lifestyle or something that feels aspirational for me in my in my social feed the more likely I'm going to jump in and click to buy
0: as well so I really like that idea that you stated of creating experiences to sell sell stuff so they kind of the integration of the two um and a lot of times that's happening on these social platforms that, you're, that you've that you already mentioned. Um, so with that in mind, tell us a little bit about the role that Braze plays in this social commerce ecosystem.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think we play a role for two types of marketers, right? So I think there is... That that CRM marketer that more than ever before right now needs to show a little or CRM, or I would say like life cycle marketer right that needs to show a little bit more attribution for all this money that they're investing in social. And so the only way that you're going to do that is by connecting it back to some sort of first party data right did I get somebody to create an account to give me their email to give me their phone number, something in some way that shows. Um, value there. We talk a lot about, even when I was leaving McCann and talk about it with marketers today, it's just, you know, it's really important to show the effectiveness of everything that you're doing in the marketing world. Um, But I would say kind of on the other side, what's interesting is that, you know, over the pandemic, as you know, more consumers or more brands went D to C, you saw some of these traditional marketers also kind of like scratching their head and starting to think a little bit differently about, How do I, now that TV and out of home and experiences are are sort of on pause, what are some of those new creative ways that I could maybe leverage what's in my MarTech stack and put it to work for me in a way that's going to drive, you know, better bottom line on some of my brand efforts? Um, And so, you know, using that tech that they have at the disposal, this is something that we saw in a recent white paper we did with Bork, um, has actually been a big theme for marketers as well.
0: So, as you think about that attribution piece, because you're right, you know, in the, in the customer experience, it's it's across channels, often in the same purchase journey. They're going, you know, online to offline to social to email through all these different engagement points. Um, with that in mind, how do you think the role of online to offline has changed for the marketer, and what's n- the skill set and the tools needed to be successful as you? Uh, you know, try to best serve that that shifting consumer who's going back and forth between channels.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, in general, marketers are probably grappling a little bit with a new model for just path to purchase planning and journey mapping, right? So they're thinking about things, kind of what we just spoke about. We now realize like any touch point can be something that kind of leads you to purchase, right? That gone are the days where, you know, you're moving from one stage of the funnel to other. And really, now it's about almost optimizing every single point in a way that can drive to conversion or you know lead to value of some sort for marketers. Um, and I would say you know we we saw this. I think sorry just to call out our our paper a little bit again. But no, you know,
0: for you know, sure. Yeah.
1: You know, fifty three percent of marketers named customer experience as sort of the most important aspect of digital transformation that they were looking to in this year. Right. And so I think that as people have gone back to normal. Um, and started to you know like i said just recalibrate how they're engaging online and offline um, it's never really been more important for brands to really understand what is that sort of seamless journey that we're providing throughout all of our touch points or how are we optimizing a path to purchase using online and offline and social and tv in a way that's probably a lot more integrated um, than that, what they were doing kind of pre-pandemic when everything probably still sat in their in their respective silos
0: So in addition to ensuring that you're trying to talk to the right customer as you think about targeting, you also need to think about your creative as you market to consumers on all these different channels. So tell us a little bit about, in your opinion, the role that creative has in this world um, and the importance of creative effectiveness um, in terms of larger campaign performance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for me, this is really about One of the things that I always say at at, at Braze is that, you know, being direct to consumer um, used to kind of be a point of difference, right? Back in the day, you had brands like Warby Parker and Away talking directly to customers and building more of the sort of bottoms up model instead of that top down. Uh, And that really drove, you know, disruption in the category and whatnot. But now that we're you know, in the pandemic, I really would argue that being, you know, direct to consumer is is table stakes. It's no longer a point of difference, right? And so everyone has access to the same technology. Everyone has access, you know, very similar like sets of data. So what you do with that, how you activate that and elevate that in a way that connects to consumers, you know, and drives purchase, really, I think that's the art. And like, I think the importance of having that art and having that creative mindset Um, is is really important right because I would kind of always say it is like everybody's wearing black right so if everybody's wearing black how do you stand out and come you know in a way that grabs people's attention and and can drive value for the bottom line
0: yeah I I was going to follow up and kind of that brand versus performance angle and you know not only um Do you need to have that brand messaging in there, but also needs to be tied to performance as well? There needs to be kind of that measurement piece that you can say, you know, this produced X amount of ROI.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things is we always talked about kind of the, I always say there's almost like this false tension between those two sides, right? And you, you know, the bottom, you know, CRM and kind of life cycle was always about the bottom line and that above the line kind of brand marketing was a lot more about, Creating emotional connections, right? Stating the proposition widely to consumers, um, but you have seen the sort of convergence of those two coming together. And actually, in the in the white paper that we that I that I've mentioned, I think it was about over sixty percent of marketers, in some form, were either combining their brand and e-commerce teams adding e-commerce members to the brand teams, adding brand members to the e-com teams or creating net new teams that had both, right? Which I think really highlights that, you know, people are sort of trying to break down some of those organizational silos that have existed and, and maybe created some of these false tensions. And they're really trying to bring both sides together in a way that enables them to find kind of like, what is that sweet spot of marketing, right? What is that brilliant idea that inspires and builds my brand, but also really drives the bottom line in a way that I can, you know, claim, claim credit as a marketer for.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have to be treated in, you know, as almost two separate silos that we've gotten into that mindset of it's, it's either brand or it's, uh, or it's performance. And to your point, it, it, that, that silos, they don't need to exist, right? Exactly.
1: And. You know, one point I just want to make on this, like whenever, whenever I think about kind of the future or like inspiration for this type of thinking, right? I think it makes you know, if we ever miss if we don't look at APEC and Asia and China, Korea, Japan, right? And look at how all of those markets have developed more with kind of that digital first legacy, where really I think like the store, offline, offline and APEC, right? Everything has always kind of been digital first, and the store was always whether if you're a luxury brand, right? It would be like a showroom for you to come and like really make the brand tangible and create what that brand is, what that brand experience in and that people kind of aspirationally wanted to be a part of it. Um, Or it was about, you know, if you're just kind of general retail, using the store as like a showroom where people could come in and kind of touch and feel and and get a little bit more like hands-on with the products that you're selling, but then only to sort of turn around and then purchase it online, right? And so I think now in the West, we're starting to kind of recalibrate and rethink some of our ecosystems and touch points. And I think there's just such such a you know plethora of great case studies that, that come from Asia that you can always look at um, to get inspired.
0: When thinking about customer loyalty and retaining existing customers, which is so critical, um, especially given rising online uh, acquisition costs, um, I often think about you know, you you touched on it, Mariam, about creating these experiences, creating these moments that matter to the individual. From a brand perspective, what advice do you have for creating those meaningful moments? What are what are kind of the thought process that that needs to be happening to create those experiences, meaningful moments that can drive loyalty? Yeah,
1: I would say, you know, one thing to kind of note, right? There's no there's no silver bullet for everyone, um, and really understanding people's meaningful moments means really having an understanding of who all your customers are, um, what some of the different cohorts or groups are, and then starting to use, right, like tech and data to learn what what is meaningful for for each of those um, people. So for example, you know, I think one of the things we know from like the media industry, if, you know, somebody adds a film to a watch list, they're much less likely to retain in the long term um, than those who don't right? So it's the same thing for retail. Like as you start to understand and bring people into your fold, number one, learning what some of the most high value customers are doing. And then how do you start mirroring that type of of journey to some of maybe those lower value cohorts in a way that, you know, allows you to unlock additional value that you might not be thinking of.
0: So, you know, critical to creating these long-term relationships, these loyal customer relationships is is collecting that data about the customer, so you can then um, obviously tailor your messaging and your products and your the experience to that customer. Um, but what do you do when the you know there's the challenge obviously as as people shop with many different retailers and brands, or they're much less brand loyal than they used to be. Um, they're often not known by the retailer or brand when they come to their website. Um, how can you kind of get over that hurdle of of the anonymous visitor and and what should brands do to kind of, as they think about creating relationships with these anonymous visitors, how can they go about doing that?
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Okay, I think, first of all, I think you're bringing up like a great point, right? Which is that there is not one path for everyone. There's not a one size fits all. And so, you know, when I talk to my customers, because I think a lot of people, right, we do look for the silver bullet. We're like, just tell me the answer. Like, what is it? Right. But and what I talk about is really when you approach these high value moments, whether it is um, Black Friday or back to school or like post holiday sales. Right. You're going to get a ton of people coming to the website and engaging for you and engaging with you. And you can't kind of wait until that moment's already happened for you to then start to think about what is what are the strategies that you need to win and retain those people you really need to be thinking a little bit more up front, kind of to your point, how do you start like defining some of those for the people that you do know? How do you start defining some of those like meaningful moments for them? How do you start nudging them along um, in their journey in a way that'll drive value for you? And then what do you do with all those people, you know, who do opt to continue as a guest and, and who you don't know? So, you know, we have a lot of strategies around anonymous users. I think, you know, you are not, an anomaly in any way, I think 86% of customers on retail ought to stay anonymous. And so what you're really trying to do with those guys broadly um, is gather some, again, some piece of information from them, right? You want them to create an account or send you their SMS for, you know, send you their phone number for like an SMS discount, right? You're trying to get some sort of transaction or exchange going uh, because especially with Braze, right? You don't need Um, you don't need to have all the information. You don't need somebody's name to go uh, talk to them or engage them or try to convert them to a known user. You actually just kind of have to use what you do know and, again, apply it in a meaningful way that will hopefully nudge them forward or, you know, create some sort of positive interaction that then inspires them to take action and and create an
0: account with you. So that I would imagine takes on even added importance as we think about a world in which kind of the deprecation of the third-party cookie and you know the tracking capabilities and and, and you know obviously the privacy compliance um, you know all these different regulations that you need to be thinking about that the importance of collecting that first-party data that the customer is voluntarily sharing with you whether it's a you know like you said signing up for an SMS program or an email program maybe they're a loyalty program member. Or, creating an account at checkout. Um, talk about that in respect to what it means going forward as as tracking becomes even more challenging for retailers given um, some of the third party cookie deprecation and also the uh, compliance uh, privacy regulations that are out there as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, and we sort of got, we, we, we nodded to this a little bit in the beginning and I think it, it is becoming more relevant where I kind of think historically brands could kind of have their silos because they all had really different metrics and were trying to do different things. I think now because everyone's getting maybe a little handicapped in some way in their respective function, right? It's forcing marketers to think a little bit more creatively to actually try to break down some of those silos and think about, well, hey, how do I connect this, you know, bottom of, bottom of the funnel activity at to the top of the funnel, or make sure that my top of the funnel activity has attribution at the bottom and, and vice versa, right? How do you bring media into that mix and not just let them run as their own thing and make sure you know we're not retargeting uh, the same people on social or using the data that we have about the audience to inform social's next lookalike audience, right? So using that first party to drive some of that third party thinking. And you know, connecting that bottom and lower. I think these are some of the shifts that you're really seeing internally with customers um, right now, which will hopefully you know lead to better, more integrated marketing and creative mm-hmm. storytelling. Right, that's kind of the aspiration of, of where I think
0: everyone wants to go. And one thing we haven't addressed yet is kind of the speed at which this needs to happen. Um, you know, <laughs> in, in a quickly evolving space, maybe you want to just address on that uh, very quickly, uh, Mary. About kind of the speed in which that identification process and then the, okay, now they know who that shopper is, how can I better uh, engage with them? Talk about the, the need for, for the ability to do that quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always say, we always say, right? If it's not real time, it's not relevant. Um, so if you're working with a piece of technology where you're waiting 24 hours to get some updates about a person, Right. You might you might have missed the most important 24 hours to kind of make a move. Right. They say the faster that you can go and kind of reengage, the more likely you are to get value down the line. So I think just knowing that and understanding the importance of having tech kind of that can move at the speed that you need to move um, has never been more important. And, you know, I think at the same time, right, again, that's maybe some of those lower funnel life cycle growth marketers, right? You need that data to to be driving actions real time and taking advantage of moments. Um, Actually, I think brand marketers and people are thinking a lot about this, too, because brands, we always talk about brands need to move at the speed of culture. Right. And so the speed of culture moves so, so fast. Like you need technology to keep up with that speed and to be able to take advantage of some of those cultural moments that you want to be a part of in real time. So, I think, you know, if whether you're a marketer kind of on the brand side or more on that life cycle side, both are thinking about this in, in a little bit of a different way than they were, you know, a couple
0: years ago. So, I want to wrap up here. You've, you've cited this, uh, particularly this white paper that you've recently released at Braze. You've also, I'm sure, have some other resources. So, maybe one, can you tell our audience? Um, how they can engage with some of this really insightful and, and valuable content that you're producing at Brace?
1: The white paper that we did with Bork, WARC, W-A-R-C, um, is actually publicly available on the website, and it was looking at the role that actually technology plays in driving more effective creative marketing. Um, so a relevant read for for the times of today.
0: Yeah, and you've, you've cited some of that information as uh a part of the conversation we've had today, and then lastly, for those um, in the audience that want to learn more about Braze and, and potentially how it can help with with uh, their own customer engagement challenges, what uh, what would you tell them, Mariam? How, how can they seek out your help?
1: Yeah, I mean, please, you know, reach, we've got a a bigger team of salespeople than we do of strategic consultants, but I'm always happy to have a chat and funnel people to the right folks um, or reach out to somebody that you've been in contact with at Braze before. I think if you are a marketer who, you know, wants your team to focus more on cross-functionally collaborating and being strategic instead of wasting a bunch of time, you know, with their technical counterparts and engineers, right? We are definitely somebody for you to
0: think about um, and explore. Great. Well, I want to take the opportunity to thank Mariam Asmar, the Vice President of Strategic Consulting at Braze for joining us on this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. Thank you, Mariam.
1: Thank you for having me. Great to be here.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Total Retail Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.